0: Church, let me invite you to open the scriptures with me this morning to the Gospel of Mark. in Mark chapter 8 uh, today, second book of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So we return to the Gospel of Mark after a four-week hiatus in the month of May from, from Mark's Gospel. And today we uh, pick up a new series from the central portion of uh, Mark's writing. And i titled this series, The Servant King. For it's in this portion of Mark's Gospel that uh, the message and the mission of Jesus becomes increasingly clear. Jesus is uh, on the way, that's a popular phrase in this section, on the way to Jerusalem where He will go to the cross, where He will lay down His life for our sins. But even so, uh, His closest friends, His disciples, His followers, those who are uh, spending a great deal of time with Him, Uh, don't fully understand where he's going or what he's he's doing. They're beginning to see that he is the Messiah, promised Savior sent from God, but they don't yet recognize that he will be uh, a suffering Messiah. They have a case of spiritual myopia or nearsightedness, short-sightedness. They've got a great deal of learning left to do, and so... Let's join together in entering their story once again as we read God's Word. So let me invite you to join me standing for the reading of God's Word, Mark chapter 8, verses 22 through 26. Mark chapter 8, beginning in verse 22, God's Word reads this way. "So says, they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, Don't even go into the village. Let's pray. Lord, we do ask You to lead us now by Your Spirit, the presence and the guidance of Your Spirit to rightly understand the truths of Your Word, apply them to our lives today as Your people. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen. We may be seated. Well, just like Steven Spielberg or George Orwell or any other uh, popular... Uh, writer Mark writes with an agenda. He has a message that he wants to convey and a message that he wants to convince his readers to accept uh, and believe. So like other New Testament gospel writers, he writes about the life and the ministry of Jesus, the Messiah. And right here, once again, he tells us that Jesus performs a miracle. Uh, that Jesus does this great sign, that Jesus does what normal people uh, cannot do. He leads this blind man outside a little village on the northeastern side of the Sea of Galilee, and he gives him sight. Indeed, Jesus gives sight to the blind. The Jesus of the Bible, the Jesus who is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God and Savior of the world, is one who gives sight to the To the blind. In fact, this whole section, what we might call Act 2 of Mark's Gospel, beginning right here in chapter 8, verse 22, and going through the end of chapter 10, is encapsulated uh, by two similar stories. On the front end and on the back end, stories of Jesus healing a blind man. And this particular story uh, seems rather distinct, rather unusual. Shocking to us, perhaps, that Jesus would uh, use spit to heal this man's eyes, but likely not as shocking in the first century Mediterranean world. Ancient literature suggests that it was believed by many in that day that uh, saliva perhaps had uh, power to cure blindness. But Jesus is not uh, reinforcing that idea. He is touching, he is using his own spit to testify to who it is who's actually performing this miracle, Jesus himself. Jesus is revealing that he can use touch, that he can use saliva, that he can use uh, words, that he can use oncology, that he can use surgery, that he can use unexplainable interruptions or whatever means he sees fit to carry out his purposes. Jesus doesn't always heal in this way. He didn't always heal in his day doesn't always heal today, but He is able because He is the God who rules all creation. Jesus is the God who rules all creation. As the Son of God incarnate, Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. And He is not some uh, secondary created lesser God. He is the fullness of God. In human flesh. Like Paul tells us this clearly. In Colossians chapter 1 verses 16 and 17. There he writes to Christians in Colossae. He says. For in Jesus all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth. Visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him. And for him. He is before all things. And in him in Jesus all Things hold together. Church, the Bible is clear on this. one God, Father, Son, and Spirit, who rules and sustains and defines all of creation. Creation finds meaning and significance in Him. This Jesus, who rules all creation, who gives sight to the blind, as the Sovereign Lord. But He is not only the Sovereign Lord, He is also uh, the God who saves. He is a Savior. He is the God who restores the broken. The Jesus of the Scriptures is the God who restores the broken. See, on the surface, this uh, short story of a miracle may seem to just be about some random miracle, but Scripture is the best interpreter of Scripture. And The truths here go much deeper than that. In fact, long, long ago, more than 600 years before this miracle occurs, the prophet Isaiah speaks the word of the Lord, anticipating the arrival of of God on the scene and great miracles done through the hand of God. Isaiah chapter 35, verses 4 through 6, God speaks through Isaiah to a troubled uh, nation, the nation of Israel undergoing crisis and hardship, suffering at the invasion and hand of, of pagan armies. And the Lord says through Isaiah, say to those with fearful hearts, or say to my people who are afraid, who are scared, say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear, your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. And then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. That the scriptures declare that long before the arrival of, of Jesus on the scene in human flesh, that a savior will come, that God will come. And when he comes, the blind will see, the lame will walk, the deaf will hear, the mute will speak. And here Mark Mark and other New Testament writers are saying, this one has come. Mark is saying, the Messiah is here. The Savior has come. Turn to him. Trust in him. Church, the witness of the word, the word of God. Miracles of Christ and the message of Jesus call us to acknowledge his might. Acknowledge his might. Recognize the might, the strength of Of this Jesus. You know the NBA Finals. Began this last week. A best of seven series. Between the Cleveland Cavaliers. And the Golden State Warriors. Two incredible basketball teams. Both teams. uh, Possess incredible uh, athletes. On one hand you have. LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. Playing for the Cavs. Versus uh, Kevin Durant. And Stephen Curry on the Warriors. James and Irving combining together to average 56 points per game in the playoffs this year compared to Durant and Curry's 55 points per game. A nearly equal match. A rivalry that no doubt will be talked about in the sports world for years to come. Either of these teams taken in isolation. And as we look at the skill and the experience and the strength and the depth. It's hard to imagine that there would be another team that could compare. But church, not so with Jesus. Jesus shows up and he's born into humble circumstances. To a lowly family, a peasant family from an obscure town. And he doesn't come touting his his force, his might, his strength. He he comes in wisdom and in humility. He comes quietly uh, healing the blind and the sick. He comes with wisdom and with grace. And he is the almighty maker of heaven and earth. He is in a category all by himself. He has no rival. He has no equal. There is none like Jesus. In fact, my three-year-old son has a better chance of beating LeBron James in a game of one-on-one basketball uh, than Satan or any human power does of, of matching Jesus. He has no equal. And we, as people of faith, as those who have heard the message, are invited to respond to him By acknowledging his might and then receiving his mercy. Let's receive his mercy. For this Jesus who rules the nations with holiness and righteousness is the very same Jesus who extends salvation to us by his grace. He doesn't come as we would expect him to come. He comes as a servant king. The one who made the trees and the earth. The one who made fingers and eyeballs is the one, verse 23, who took this blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. Soon Jesus will say to his followers, recorded in chapter 10, verse 45, For even the Son of Man, Even I, even the Son of Man, a reference to Himself, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give His life as a ransom for many. See, the the Jesus of the Bible, the God of the Bible, the one and only God who is Father, Son, and Spirit is a God who loves you enough to serve you, who loves you and me enough to, to save us, and by faith in him, we are called upon to receive salvation, forgiveness of sins and and peace with God. You know, on the surface, this particular passage may uh, may not seem to be all about the gospel for that that's that's the call of the gospel to receive salvation, but I'm convinced that this miracle as well as many other miracles recorded in the life of Jesus is much more about spiritual healing than it is about physical healing. This is the only miracle that is recorded in which the healing doesn't take place instantaneously. So here Jesus spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him and then he asked them, do you see anything? Verse 24, he looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. In other words, I can see, but not really that well. Partial sight. And here Jesus is calling and teaching this blind man about faith in him. And with Mark's intentional placement of this story at this point in the story, he is also teaching us about the faith of the disciples. that they too, like this man, have partial sight. They're beginning to understand who Jesus is, but they don't fully understand spiritual myopia, short-sightedness. They don't yet know that Jesus is on the way to the cross. Soon he will go to the cross, and soon they will understand. Yet in the meantime, they're called to walk by faith in him. Friends, Jesus expects faith from His followers. He expects faith from His followers. He expects us as His people, those who look to Him, to trust in Him, to operate by faith in Him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. You can't ride your bike without pedals. You can't buy a house without some money. You can't swim without waters. And you cannot follow Jesus without faith. And yet even so, we have sufficient evidence, sufficient reason to believe in Him, to trust Him, to look to Him, to follow after Him. For we know more of the story. We know even more of the story than Jesus' disciples did. We know of His grace. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. And like the disciples, believers today, you and me still have a sense of spiritual nearsightedness. It tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12, that even now we see a reflection as in a mirror. But then, then at the return of the king, when all is restored and made right, when King Jesus gathers his people into his presence for all of eternity, then we will see face to face. Then our eyes will be opened and we will have perfect sight. In the meantime, church, we still need to follow the Good Shepherd. We still need to be corrected by the Spirit. We still need to be disciplined by the Father. So let's invite Jesus to lead and correct us. Let's invite Jesus to lead us and to uh, correct us on this journey of faith. In just a couple of weeks, we'll look at another story of a miracle in Mark chapter 9 where a father takes a demon-possessed son to to Jesus. Or he goes to Jesus, invites Jesus to come and perform a miracle. He confronts Jesus and he says, If you can, come and do this. If you can, come and heal my my son. And Jesus responds and says, Anything is possible for the one who believes. Mark 9, 24, Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me. Help me overcome my unbelief. I, I do have faith, but give me more faith. Increase my faith. Open my eyes. Help me to see. Help me to believe and to trust in you. For, like this father, and like the blind man, and like the disciples, often we need to ask the Lord to give us eyes to see and ears to hear, to give us faith to believe. Because until he returns, we still live here. Partial sight, trusting him. But the struggles remain. The journey continues. Yet Jesus longs to lead us and to correct us where we're wrong. So let's invite him to do so as we confess spiritual pride. Let's be people who confess spiritual pride when it applies to us. For like Peter in the the next passage, rebuking Jesus when Jesus begins to talk about pending death and resurrection, sometimes we think we have God all figured out. Sometimes we think we can wrap uh, the truths of God up in a neat little box, but oftentimes we need to be corrected, we need to be guided, we need to increase our faith in Him. Sometimes we act like our faith is a bit more than it is. Sometimes we act as if we can see better than we can really see. Let's confess that spiritual pride to Him and invite Him to increase our faith. Faith is trusting Him. Are you trusting Him? Are you trusting Jesus? Jesus is trustworthy. Let's trust Him. For Jesus leads and restores those who trust Him. Jesus leads and restores Those who trust Him. Are you being led by Jesus? Are you trusting Jesus? Let's trust Him today. Father, we thank You for this day and this occasion and this gathering of Your people in Your name to worship You together, to open Your Word and invite You to lead us and to speak to us and to guide us in all things. Father, continue to lead us that we might Live and walk by faith in Christ. Lead us now as we respond to the truth of your word. Be glorified in us, for you are worthy. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen.